You've eaten Gotham's wealth, its spirit, but your feast is nearly over. This is not my hole. It's an operating table. And I'm the surgeon. Why aren't you laughing? From this moment on, none of you are safe. Welcome to the Batman Book Club, a podcast that explores the Dark Knight Library. I am your host, Ryan Lauer. You can follow the Batman Book Club on Twitter at TheBatmanBC to stay up to date with new episodes, upcoming episodes, polls, and maybe even a giveaway or two. Stay tuned. You can also email for questions, comments, concerns, suggestions, or anything Batman at all at TheBatmanBC at gmail.com. The Batman Book Club is also a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. And finally, you can follow me, Ryan Lauer, on Twitter at Lauer underscore Ryan, Lauer spelled like lower. So today's episode is very similar to one we've done in the past, where it's a Q&A episode. So when I say, hey, you can write into the BatmanBC at gmail.com, those questions I'm looking at today and we're going to answer, but I'm not going to do it alone. Instead, I'm going to bring in uh, the West Coast and the East Coast. So we are covering the entire United States of America. So these three opinions are the opinions of the USA right now. First, from the East Coast, straight out of Gotham itself, it is Pete Vera. Hello, Pete. Uh, how you doing? How's everybody doing today? <laughs> you thought I was going to swell. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were going to do your, your yeah. straight OG intro here. But um, yes, yeah, reserve it for that show. You have been on the Q&A episode eight before. You've also, you were my first with yeah, Batman Year One, the first episode of this show. So I'm glad to have you back. And actually, you're going to be coming on again really soon with with a... What don't, tell, don't tell me what you I'm coming back. Cl- I'm telling you with Would what? you call it a classic? I'm not going to say what it is, but is it a classic? It is uh, a underappreciated, uh, undervalued, a so underappreciated, forgotten. the most underappreciated Batman tale ever told. And you're not going to find out what tale that is until uh, it actually gets recorded. So stay tuned. That is in the near future. But let's jump from east to west from the Let's Go comic show. It is Justin Kowalski. Hello, Justin. Yes. I was gonna I was gonna give out like a really cool West Coast. So yeah, yeah. Like we're gonna go like <laughs> uh East Coast, West Coast. But I just feel like, you know, if me and Pete can get along, I feel like so can Biggie and Tupac. <laughs> yeah, after death yeah. or on that island that's always rumored they're on right now. Nah, man, um, they're, they're coming back as holograms. Coachella 2021. <laughs> All right. If they haven't canceled it yet. <laughs> It'll be the first yeah, Justin back. is Justin should sound familiar from his podcast. Also, he has been on this show before, episode mm, five, Batman right. Thrill Killer, a very appreciated pick. And you will be on again <laughs> in the near fu- in the near future. But you, you're digging deep. You haven't even told deep. me what you've chosen for the next one. I'm excited. I feel like uh, the best thing about <laughs> this podcast is like out the gate. It's like classics, must reads. And it's like, what mm-hmm. the crap? Thrill Killer. Pete was so mad. Pete hates that book. <laughs> I don't like Thrill Killer. I, I own it. And I, I, I'm, it's that book I'm like waiting to sell. Like once I get like that long box full of books to sell back, you know, so like I'll just hold on to it until I fill that long box to sell back. But it's not one of my favorites. I don't like the art. I don't like the story. I just, I don't like any of it. I am no, I am no like. DC Comics Godfather or anything, but I've read my fair amount of Batman comics and Thrill Killer. When you chose that, Justin, I'm still like floored. I'd never heard of it before, and I really dug it. So I think Pete's wrong. Yep. 
Agreed. If you East Coast, West Coast. Back all right. <laughs> uh, so, all right. All right. So, so we're going to we're going to dig into some Q&A. We've got some questions. We're just going to kind of see how many we can fit in within like this roughly hour mark, because I think that's a good that's a good time limit for just us us dudes to to voice our opinion and answer some questions of, you know, people want to know. They just they want to know. Like, tell me, I have a question. So you guys ready to roll? Let's yeah. do it. Let's do it. All right. First question is from uh, Chance Williams. And he says, do you think Penguin or Riddler will be the main villain for the new upcoming Batman solo slash reboot film? Or do you think there is a chance that possibly the main rogue villain might be one that hasn't been announced? Something I've been thinking on considering as a possibility. Thank you, Chance, for the question. Let's go, you know, let's go West Coast first. Justin, what do you think? Wait, is is it... Is Penguin or Riddler going to be the main villain? Do you think they'll be the main villain, or do you think oh. that there's going there's a secret main villain that we that will be a surprise when we see the movie? I don't know. Like it, I don't know who a secret main villain would be that would that would excite me because then it means it's oh mm-hmm. this is some guy we made up for the film and you're like well that sucks I'd rather have like a you mean like, like Max Shrek? How that you can't say that because Christopher Walken <laughs> he he has that charisma. That you know, hey, I don't know. That was my bad. That was my bad, Christopher. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. Uh, based on things that we've already heard from uh, Colin Farrell, that Penguin isn't in the whole movie. Like he said, he has a few scenes, but he kind of alluded that. Oh, but like the next arc, I'm in there. So I'm going to say Penguin's not the main guy. Sounds like if you're going to have the Riddler in your film, I feel like he hasn't had a good. You know, we haven't seen him on the big screen in years, you know, 25 years to be exact. Um, so I would say that the Riddler is probably going to be the main protagonist in that side, in that like, anta- sorry, antagonist in on that time of the uh, that side of the thing. Uh, you know, we're going to have Catwoman, obviously, but, you know, Catwoman plays both sides. I feel like it's you're going to see a lot of Batman rogues, but I feel like Riddler's story might be the one that Batman has the most. um you know, problems with the thing that he's trying to solve. They're saying it's going to be a detective story. So like, of course you're gonna have to do detective work to follow and solve some riddles. So for me, it's going to be the Riddler. I don't think it's going to be some like surprise. Like it ain't going to be the Joker or or two face or something like that. Mm. That's my thoughts. I I agree with Justin here. I, I think the movie will be facilitated through the penguin and hopefully the iceberg lounge and the villain will be the Riddler. Yeah, exactly. So I think uh, I think the uh, the penguin will play a part in it, almost more like uh, kind of like what he did in, Ar- in the Arkham games. You know, whether he's like a weapon supplier, he's like in an underground, uh, I don't know, some kind of narcotics drug dealer. So uh, you know, he'll be doing something uh, with a facade and some kind of like front business, which would be the Iceberg Lounge, is what I'm assuming, and that the Riddler would be the main villain. I kind of feel like if you've got. If they're going to use one of the main guys, like that's just their promotion. They got to be like, hey, we've got the Riddler in this one. It's the Riddler, the Riddler. There's you're pulling in that the uh, Penguin, like you already said, Catwoman, and then Joker. Definitely, if you're pulling in any of the main, you know, the big guns, you, you need people in seats when we're back in theaters to where it's just like they're not going to. I just don't feel like they'd keep that a secret. Like maybe something in the like in Batman Begins at the end of teasing the Joker, something like that as a surprise, but. They're not going to be like, oh, you know who is, 
You know who's really pulling the strings behind this? Killer Croc. Magpie. <laughs> yeah, he's like, it was a big rock. And then he pulls off his mask and it's Ben Affleck Batman. Whoa. It's oh my gosh. But, um, we're talking. <laughs> if you go back to like when Birds of Prey was in uh, like pre-production, uh, the penguin was attached to that movie. And then as soon as Reeves right. came in, they switched penguin to black mask. So I think the penguin will have some sort of like substantial role in the movie. I just don't think he'll be the main villain. Yeah, agreed. Yep, Look I think it. we're all on the same we're on the same boat here. Off to a good start. Hallelujah. East Coast, West Coast, <laughs> Midwest, Midwest. Okay, Midwest. Right. It doesn't flow very well. It's all Next Illinois. <laughs> Illinois. Um, second qu- or next question is from uh, Jeff, and he says, "Hello there." Oh, hey Jeff. Just curious, where would you rank newer Batman rogues who have not been around as long as older familiar ones? Ones who have been introduced within past several years. And then he kind of has a part two of like, would you like to see more obscure Batman rogues or villains in in a live action Batman film one day? And then he kind of lists, you know, some interesting ones he'd like to see of Calendar Man, Grundy, Straight Outta Gotham, yep. uh, Maxi Zeus, Gunhawk, Headhunter, Black Spider, so just to name a few, or Hugo Strange, you know, Ventriloquist, Scarface. You get the idea. Mm. So I guess first part... Pete, how would you rank like newer Batman rogues that haven't been around that that long? It's tough because like the classic Batman rogues gallery is so tough to crack. You know, like Batman, Spider Man, The Flash. Like it's t- it's really tough to like crack the three of their rogues galleries because they're just so iconic. Um, I'm trying to think like out like Scott Snyder introduced that like flower guy for Robo Batman, and um, I feel like that was that was a newer villain. Uh, Thomas. Yeah, Bloom. Thomas has kind of re- uh, reimagined like Arkham Knight a little bit, so that was kind of like a new villain, I guess. I don't know. Mm. So it's just like, what, what what villains? I wish he like what villain specifically? Like Black Spider would be cool. I like Black Spider. Black Spider would be cool in a Batman movie, you know, just because like hand to hand combat would be fun to watch two of them fight. But um, you know, I'm always dying to see like, well, when Batman, when the Batman was going into pre production, remember we heard about Firefly. And that interested me a lot. I was like, oh, yeah, Firefly. That's cool. I'd love to see that. Because that was like one of the few things I actually liked about that stupid TV show Gotham was how they interpreted Firefly. So like to see Firefly on the big screen would be something cool. But that's just me. Pete's favorite show, Gotham. Oh, I hate it. See it. What do you think, Justin? Um, Man, when you say modern like uh, villains, I, I, I kind of like draw the modern line at like late 70s. <laughs> to like now because (laughs) all these classic villains are are all birthed out of like the thirties and forties, you know? So, uh, so so I'm trying to think like, who would I consider like a, a a modern like Batman villain that I'd, you know, love to see in these films. I think the, the ventriloquist is really cool. I think can be Mm -hmm. done really creepy too. I just love like Scarface, you know, like, you know, Hey, Batman. I just think that's kind of a creepy, like, uh, take and i actually like how you know tom king used him uh a couple of years ago in the i think it was an i am bane storyline and bane's another one you know bane's on a modern classic character he's like he's connected um i don't like this guy so much but professor pig has seemed to make a kind of a an I love impression pick yeah i i don't know i just there's something about him i don't i don't care for but like i, I wouldn't mind seeing him like not as a, a main again main antagonist but maybe a uh, oh, dude! Professor Pig made it. You know, it's like Mister Zaz. He he made it in Batman Begins. Uh, they had him in. I didn't like how he was portrayed so much in Birds of Prey. But like, he's another like he's a modern character. You know, he showed up in uh, 
Batman Shadow of the Bat back in the 90s. Norm Brayfogle, shout out, right? Yeah, uh, Brayfogle. But uh, I, I, I'm, I don't want to ever say no, you know, but like some mm-hmm. characters, they just don't excite me. Like Black Spider doesn't excite me because I don't think anyone's really given him a good like twist or spin, but then you get like, you know, kite man again, saying Tom King, Tom King gave kite man some like pathos. Hell yeah. Right. And they're doing such a great job with him on like the Harley Quinn show. Yes. And so, yeah. Okay. Give me, give me kite man. (laughs) Cause there's, it's a stupid idea, but they gave him a really like cool story. And so it's almost like a challenge. Like impress me, impress me writers. Show me what you can do with some of these characters. Cause um, they are there and it's just sometimes you just need to get some fresh eyes. Even Mr. Freeze had some fresh eyes in the animated series. That's they kind of yeah. gave him a legitimate origin story. And so um, I think you can definitely take anything created in the last, you know, 30 years and, and, and make him compelling or her or, you know. The problem with like Black Spider is there's cooler versions of villains that do the same thing he does. Like there's Deathstroke, there's Bronze Tiger, exactly cooler versions of him. So like he's he's even lower in like the assassin type category. Man, I hope I hope Idris is Bronze Tiger in Suicide Squad. They didn't say he is. They said he's not Deathstroke. I mean, he's not dead. um, Gosh, not Deadpool. (laughs) Deadshot. (laughs) Deadshot. Too many. Too many deaths and deads. Yeah, yeah, Dude, but man, if he's, I think he'd be awesome if he's Bronze Tiger. But I think Gun Suicide Squad is actually going to be very similar to Suicide Squad Hell to Pay, the way that Su- Air Suicide Squad was kind of like uh, Assault on Arkhamish. So mm. like, I feel like they kind of pull inspiration from like the animated movies for that, but we'll, we'll see. I, I kind of feel like for the newer Batman rogues, the fact that I kind of, I'm trying to think of the t- like 2000 on. And I'm like, there aren't just many that pop into my head. Like, as I was reading that, the only thing I can really think of is Court of Owls. But it seems like when a new villain's created that really fans really take to, they oversaturated then. And they just start bringing them into everything. And like, the they Batman bring back to March quite a bit. And then, uh, like, yeah, that's what I was just going to say, too, is the Batman who laughs. It's like, oh, people like him. And it's like, yeah, he was pretty creepy. And then all of a sudden, he's in this and then in this. He has his own seven-issue series. And then he's popping now in Death Metal. Death Metal! Uh, I don't, but like you mentioned Bloom, Bloom came and went and it's like, I'm surprised I can even remember him. But if we dip back to even like, maybe not as far back as the seventies, but you know, like eighties and nineties and some of those characters that you guys mentioned, it's like, yeah, those are now kind of, they can be, they can be brought in and be base a story around them like birds of prey and using black mask. And I think a totally effective uh, villain in that case, Bane being such a big part of Dark Knight Rises and stuff. So uh, we're getting Fire there. Maybe thirty, years from, <laughs> maybe thirty years from now, they're gonna a Kite Man's gonna be the main villain in a Batman movie. Hell, who knows? Who knows? It just takes a little while to get to become such a I don't know, such a mainstay or a main villain. And then, secondly, of uh, would you like to see more obscure Batman rogues or villains in live action who are hardly ever used? Um, or haven't really been used. And I'll start first and say, bring back Egghead. Oh, God. <laughs> Get Bill Hader That's... to do his Vincent Price impression and cast oh, him as Egghead in a live-action Batman. But, but I think it would really work. You can use almost a cold open of a Batman movie to use an obscure mm-hmm. villain. Yeah. Like Matt 100%. Hatter, a, I, I might have said this in like the, the last q and I don't know, but 
Mad Hatter, I just kind of imagined it could be a cold open with him. And there's almost some like Alice in Wonderland creepy setup and Batman. Like that's the opening of the movie is just kind of like hit the ground running uh, sort of deal, something like that. And then substitute a different villain for, I think that's how you can get away with using and introducing these obscure villains, you know? Yeah. yeah. First I mean, off, Ryan, what a, what a excellent idea. <laughs> Nah, ex- it's Thank exquisite. Uh, but yeah, I, I think using you can use these other villains in a cold open and even just kind of like sideline guys. Like it would be really awesome if, it, you know, on the just to give us some of those. little Oh, that's kind of cool. Like, you know, you're on your way to a mission. Batman's doing some detective work, looking for the Riddler. And he comes across, you know, someone like Mad Hatter, which I think Mad Hatter could actually carry a whole film, to be honest. Like 100 percent. But, uh, you know, just having him come upon these characters because the, the cool thing about Gotham is it's just filled with nutballs everywhere and there's I think there's a room for it where they don't take away from the main action but it's kind of a mm-hmm. oh that was cool to see you know to see that guy but anyways Pete yeah I mean I would love I, I love the cold open idea like it doesn't even have to be like we don't have, even have to see like the whole like version of like the case and how Batman solves it it could just literally be like you know, Mad Hatter running through a hallway and there's just a bunch of crazy stuff all around and Batman's chasing him and stuff like that. And he just catches him and he brings him to Gordon. And that's how he figures, okay, it's like, well, actually, good thing you're here. Here, the Riddler's out there. So it could start off like that. But I'd love to see like something like that. Or I feel like that's kind of what Catwoman's going to be doing in the Batman. You know, she's just kind of going to be running amok while he's trying to figure out whatever the Riddler's doing. Um, It'd be great if they just did like side missions, you know, in a movie. That would be cool. Like it's not like he's not like the main villain, but it's just part of it. You know, it's just another day in Gotham. Like the thing about yeah. these movies that bugs me really is that like it's always one villain, one case, one at a time. And it's like, well, that's not how it works. Like I don't think the Joker's mm-hmm. sitting there waiting, like, well, I gotta wait for the Riddler to be done in order to get my shot. I think everyone's just going all out at, at all points of the day, and he's just gotta pick and choose who's the most dangerous at that. That's point. a really that's such a great observation. Yeah, it's not, you know, like crime doesn't stop because it's like, oh, we've got to, we've got to wait for the Joker to finish. Hold on here. Just hanging out the well, ice. Some the of the, I feel like some of the earlier rumors of Reeves's movie was that it was going to be, you know, it's been established. There's villains already and almost like there's a case and Batman hops here. It's almost like to see this villain and then goes and sees this villain almost like uh, hopping around for the main case and who who knows if that's anywhere true but i am like oh i really like that idea of it's it's almost like one of the arkham games of you have to end up facing one of the villains to get to the main one and it's all connected you know something like that would that, yeah. that doesn't bother me at all in the end as long as it's just like a really good story but i think that's that'd be a cool um a cool way to not just throw somebody in your face and be like hey this is uh this is maxi zeus and he's He's dressed like a like Zeus and throwing lightning bolts because he's he's great, but he's you know he's a drug kingpin or or something. And then you hop over to a little more theatrical one in like Firefly or Killer Moth or something like that. You can yeah, there's opportunities as long as it benefits the story. And then with somebody like the Riddler, like the Riddler is a genius. Like the Riddler's intellect is just massive. Like he's he's very smart, so he can manipulate people and get them to do things that he wants without them essentially knowing it. You know, he's that smart, like almost kind of like a Lex Luthor. Um, and uh, so, like you know, you could do it something like that, where where he's literally like he's you know he's just spinning his ball and he's getting his his way. Yeah, I'm excited for. it. I hope that there's a few surprises in the next movie. 
Because they said they have, apparently, you know, Two-Face slash Harvey Dent was in the script, apparently, and then it might have been like they dropped him or something. But who knows? Maybe they're just saying that so that we can all be surprised. And he's the main villain at the end. Boom. Spoiler alert. Well, you heard it here first. Yeah. You did. Breaking I'd news. Be down, I'd be down to see it. Yep. So moving on, this one is from Joe from a comic book rundown. Strap in. He says, hi, Ryan. Here's my Batman question. What is your non-Bruce Wayne Batman ranking? Here are your choices. Now, I'm going to read them all, but you do not have to list these in order. You could almost do like a your top three or something. But John Paul Valley, Batman from Nightfall. John Paul Valley as Bats. Dick Grayson, Batman. Uh, Jason Todd, Batman. Tim Drake, Batman. Damian Wayne, Batman. Thomas Wayne, Batman. Jim Gordon, Batman. Terry McGinnis, Batman. Wayne Washington, Batman. Cal L, Batman. He says, John, Paul, Dick, Tim, and Thomas all have multiple entries as being as suiting up because each instance was a different version. So, hmm. If it's not Bruce Wayne under the cowl, who are your favorites, Justin? Man, I hate when it's not Bruce Wayne under the cowl. Same. So none of, Same. But um, yeah. I'll say this. Uh, I loved Thomas Wayne. I loved all the 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 um, flashpoint. I like that story. wasn't so hip on him coming back for the the Tom King run. Agreed. But I like the idea of an alternate reality where Bruce dies, his mom goes nuts, and his dad's Batman. I think that's cool. Um, I like Terry McGinnis. Batman Beyond was one of those things. I'm like this is going to be stupid, and I really loved it. And so I love the I love the idea. I love what they did with it. I was like, man, you guys cracked it. You made me actually invested into another Batman. Um, but I will say the black mirror where Dick Grayson's Batman, one of my favorite um, runs and it surprised yes. the crap out of me. I was like, Oh, okay. This was a, such an amazing story. And again, I think Scott Snyder just, you know, you know, he knows what he's doing, dude. He's, he's, he's a, he's a good writer. So he got me invested into that idea, even though I don't like when Dick Grayson's Batman, because I don't think he likes it. He even makes comments. He hates the Cape. He'd rather uh, be night and be his own man, but he did it to kind of serve his role. So I, it, I agree with Dick Grayson. He doesn't like being Batman. I don't like when he's Batman, but I liked when he was Batman for that run. It made a lot of sense. So everybody else kind of, it's like, whatever. I don't, I don't care about the other guys being Batman. They can all eat it, especially Gordon in his bunny suit. Oh, it's the worst. Yeah. Uh, oh. Robo Batman. Yeah. Well, his but little two face, skin but two faces in it. <laughs> oh, you just ruined it. No. <sighs> You know, no, this is dropping after the release. You're good. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So you're you're good. So uh, yeah, if that didn't make sense to you, pick up uh, Detective Comics. <laughs> Ten twenty three. My review will be up on Batman with Film Wednesday. There you go. There you go. Uh, Pete, what do you what do you got to say? The man behind the cowl. If it's for not me, th- for me, there's only two. It's Terry McGinnis and it's Dick Grayson. And um, Terry McGinnis, I like just because it's different. The older Wayne, I like the mentor thing. And I'm into that. And like Justin said, like, I, I wasn't sure I was going to like this. You know, I'm like, oh, but it, it ended up being really cool. And it ended up being very original. And I appreciated that. But Black Mirror, uh, uh, Grant Morrison's Batman and Robin. I, oh, if I can't, so if I can't have Bruce Wayne, I even over Terry is I'll take Dick Grayson. That's just me. Because like Justin said, there's so much angst with Dick being Batman. He hates following in Bruce's footsteps. That's why he stopped being Robin. That's why he moved in uh, Bloodhaven. That's why he took the Kryptonian Nightwing name. You know, like that's he, he, Dick Grayson's all about being his own man. And that is, and that's what I appreciate because 
he knows that there needs to be a Batman in Gotham. Even if he can't stand being the Batman himself, it needs to be there. Yep. That's, that's my choice. If it's not Bruce Wayne, then it only makes sense that it's Dick Grayson. I think there's a lot of, a lot of story to tell with him and yeah, Black Mirror, uh, gushed about that back in episode six of that really sold me as Dick Grayson is plan B for behind the cowl. I do like the idea of the Thomas Wayne flashpoint Batman. That was such a great twist when that story came out. Um, I didn't mind him so much in King's run, except I kind of felt like when it was done of, okay, put him away. Don't do the Batman who laughs and keep bringing him back, put him away. Cause otherwise that to me is going to like, I don't want to see him for quite a long time now, uh, unless live action, somehow they pull it off. But you know what I mean? As far as in comics and overuse him or anything. And if it's not Dick Grayson, then I think uh, Terry McGinnis and Batman Beyond, because though I'm not like the biggest fan of the show, I don't mind it, but it, it, I don't hesitate at all at the idea of, Oh yeah, that's Terry McGinnis. That's futuristic Batman. He makes sense. Bruce is uh, guiding him from the cave. And this is for Ryan Haas. Uh, John Paul Valley sucks as Batman. Uh, I do not like. So does Azrael. I, I can't stand Azrael. It's not my thing. I, I don't like Azrael at all. You weren't supposed anime. to. You weren't supposed to like him as yeah, Batman. Just the way he talks. It's like I can't. I don't like the way Thor talks. So like to have like a version like that as Batman just drives me nuts even more. Yeah, but isn't I, but isn't he like French or something like that? Jean. I don't Jean know. Saint Paul? Dumas. I don't know. I don't know. His, his story annoys me. I can't, I've never been, been on board with it. I, I can't. I'm just, ugh, I don't know. So I hope that he gets, he gets really pissed off at all of this. You're welcome, Ryan. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you will not be invited to the Azrael podcast. <laughs> never again. Oh, I, I know. I know that I will, I'm already banned from that, from that show, but a couple of interesting. So yeah, the Jim Gordon one, it, I, I can say that that story actually, and this isn't to discredit uh, Scott Snyder at all, but like that story wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. I was really kind of dreading it. Cause I just hate the idea of like, man, this feels so like, even though it'd been a few years, I was already like, oh, we've already been like, this is too recent to not have Bruce behind the cow again, somebody else. Yeah. And Gordon, the story, it was still okay. Even though I didn't like the villain at all, but the story was okay. The Wayne Washington Batman no idea. And then Kal-El Batman and speeding bullets. I I've never read. And I don't know that I've, I've heard of that. I've just never read it. So I yeah, have it's, very it's interesting. A, it's a very, that's a random pick. I mean, I feel like there's a bunch of other people who've been Batman, you know? Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I like the, I liked speeding bullets. It was a cool Elseworlds story, right. but um, I wouldn't consider him a contender for like best Batman, like non Bruce Wayne in the cow type of thing. One of my favorite things about Grayson as Batman is his relationship with Damien. Yep. And that's where really, really I grew my hatred for Damien. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he's, he's such a jerk. You know, he doesn't have to respect this Batman. He, in fact, he thinks he should be this Batman, even though he's like three foot two. You know, yeah. like he, he, he thinks <laughs> so highly of himself that he doesn't think Grayson is worthy of the mantle. And it's it, it's really uh, in the DC animated originals movies. I think that the, what how's that trilogy? It's like Batman bloodlines, Batman versus Robin and like Batman and son. Like that relationship is really well explored, even though he's Nightwing at the time. But you could feel the like the hatred that Damien has because he's not a blood relative. He's not a Wayne. You know, he, he's a he's, he's adopted and he can't stand that. He this guy who's an, essentially how he considers him an outsider has more access to like the Batcave and he has more of Bruce's trust and over his own son. And that dynamic is very interesting to me. 
Yeah. yeah. But he gets I'm, there. I'm going to do, do a write-in and say, I really, I really like when the Joker dresses up as Batman in the <laughs> animated series, The Batman. That episode is a blast. So if it can't be Dick Grayson, it can't be Terry McGinnis, put the Joker in there. That works for me. I like, I like in the 60s show on Alfred's Batman. Did you buy the hot toy of Leto as Batfleck? No. I I was, I was so disappointed that we didn't get that in a movie. I thought that was going to be in a movie. It's such a random hot toy that they made. I was like, it makes me wonder if it was ever cut from the film. Cause you know, everything else was (laughs) (laughs) there. Put that on Twitter with David Ayer. Hey, Hey David, I got a question for you. I have a toy. That's my toy <laughs> in the movie. Did, did, did I, I get ripped off or is it waiting? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's move on. Thanks, uh, Comic Book Rundown, for that question. That was a good one. Next one is from a BOF brother, Javier Trujillo. He says, do you, th- do you think anything can stand toe-to-toe with The Dark Knight Returns in terms of legacy and influence? I'd place Ooh. my money on The Long Halloween and White Knight. Dang. Yeah, that's a question. So he says toe to toe with the Dark Knight Returns. I would say Dark Knight Returns slash Year One. I think those two. I think you can't mention one without the other in a sense. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. I, I think um, mm. nobody can tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> is is he talking Batman stories or any story? I feel like Batman stories. Okay. Yeah, he plays by the a... rules. Javi plays okay. by the rules. He knows this okay. is Batman talk. Okay. 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 I'm thinking. So interesting, you're saying um, Dark Knight Returns slash Year One. I'm saying a challenger has entered the ring and it's called Year oh. One. Ooh, okay. Yeah. I guess, yeah, I, think, I can't. Yeah, the, he his specific question. So I need to shut my mouth and know my place. He did not say <laughs> Dark Knight Returns slash Year One. So Justin throws in Year One. Yeah, I'm saying Year One. Um, I think, I, here's the thing. Dark Knight Returns is like, Oh my gosh, that movie changed. I mean, not, not that movie. That comic changed the comic book landscape. And I agree. But I feel like year one really set Batman up for like just it set up great stories like Long Halloween. You don't get Long Halloween if you don't have year one. And yes. I think everything else that kind of begot that, like going back, you know, you guys are talking about Venom on the last episode with Legends of the Dark Knight. All of those stories come from year one and it all just kind of feeds into that original idea that, you know, Frank Miller and Mazzucchelli did from that graphic novel. You're building from that because you're not leading up to Dark Knight Returns. I think it's isolated. It's amazing. But like, in my opinion, (laughs) your one is your one's the one that's like, that's the the contender who comes out. It's the lightweight and then wins. And you're like, oh, shoot. Oh, okay. And you can see why. Like, they definitely had it in them. That's what I got. Uh, I don't think uh, year one is a contender. I think year one's the champion. I think Dark Knight Returns is is the contender. You know, I, oh. I, I yeah, no, I think year year one just it, it sets up everything: who Bruce Wayne is, his mission, what Batman's objectives are, how he operates. The start. I mean, it, it is everything that is Batman. I mean, don't get me wrong; like the the top three. I mean, we've already mentioned it's it's year one. It's Dark Knight Returns. It's Long Halloween. Those are the the top three Batman books of all time, in my opinion, or storylines. Right, like. So, but you, it's like Justin said, you can't get one without year one. It's got to come first. 
and you know, like in Long Halloween's great, and I, I, you know, it's I love it because it's aesthetically it's beautiful, and Tim Sale's artwork is just insane, and the Rogues Gallery involved. It's such a it's a complete Batman story because he's so advanced in his career, where it's just like Dark Knight Returns is it, it you know it did bring the industry back and it broke all the rules, but it was it's a Batman past his prime, and you know he, there's there you know the Joker's in it, but then it's Batman versus Superman and the government, so it's interesting. Whereas like year one, he's like starting out making a name for himself. And it's just, it, it's the essence of who the character is. I think year one is such a powerful story. In my mind, it's the greatest Batman's time. What I would put in there is a, another wrinkle though, is freaking Hush, dude. Hush pulls in every element of Batman's story from the Robins to Superman to all of his, yeah. the greatest rogues gallery. And then they bring in a new character. And it ties into Bruce's, uh, you know, childhood. I love the, like the the painted like flashbacks. Um, I think what Jim and it, and it has flipping Jim Lee's like first like major DC work. You know, like you're paying you're paying for the artwork. You have a, a great story by Jeff Lowe, but I really feel like if you needed a middle of this story, it's like okay, so we start in year one. We hit some long Halloween and between then and between the dark Knight returns, you get hush like, Oh, here's where he's at at this point in his life. And I think it's such a, it's such a fun read and such a great story. And it's, it's popcorn, but it's, it's the best popcorn you've ever had. Hush is so similar to long Halloween though. Like it's, it has like a lot of the same pieces, you know, a large ensemble cast Mm -hmm. villains from everywhere. And then introducing, you know, uh, Holiday's a new villain. Hush is a new villain. But I would argue that Heart of Hush is better than Hush. I think Hush is m- more like stimulating to the eye, Jim Lee, you know, in his artwork. But uh, uh, Dust, uh, what's his name? N- N- Dustin Wen. Win. Yeah, Win. Dustin Wen. I mean, I love his artwork because it's different. It's unique in that story. You know, Bruce having to save Catwoman from Hush, it's, it's so emotional. Whereas I, I, th- I think that story should be placed above Hush. But, you know, I you, think you Heart of Hush is- without Hush. Yeah, Heart of Hush is is more personal. Yeah, yeah, but it's yeah, it's 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 one hundred percent a great story though. I think in going word for word, Javi's question, I think I agree with Year One more so than The Dark Knight Returns. But I, that'd be a, a good question to ask somebody who was a consistent comic book buyer at the time of both releases. You know, you'd have to ask kind of see, man. hey, what was. Yeah. Oh, Rick Shue? I think he was <laughs> an old man who reads comics. <laughs> he, he was at Molly Crew concerts. He wasn't in a comic book shop. That's uh, right. <laughs> but I mean, outside of that, I mean, I could. I think both of you know how much I adore the long Halloween. Yeah. yeah. I still think I'd put as far as. Uh, what do you want to say? Put its permanent stamp upon instant its instant release was year one in dark Knight returns more than the long Halloween. And I mean, a competitor for like the, you know, the generation behind us, maybe they could say the white Knight because white Knight is, is sprawling into its own universe. Yeah. And Sean Murphy said, uh, you know, a little bit of kind of, you know, he basically, he earned his whole, his retirement because of white Knight and how insanely wow. that sold and everything. So, wow. I mean, no, it's not all based on money, but as far as you look at numbers and selling and stuff, it's like, yeah, it made a pretty big impact, but I can't. I didn't know why I mean, they like that. There's some major Batman stories, but it kind of always, I feel, does go back to year one and Dark Knight Returns. And yeah. of the two books that I lean towards 
year one for sure. And what? unpopular opinion, I like the animated Dark Knight Returns more than the book. There, I said it. Oh, oh snap. Shout out to Jay Oliva. Um, me personally, though, like White Knight, it, it almost feels like too gimmicky for me. So I never would have put it up there with those other books. Yeah. Just for me. Like, and I enjoy it. I do. I like the first volume way more than the second volume. The second volume coming lost me for a few issues. But Read the first the volume. Is 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 it's good, but I feel like it relies too much. Like, oh, dude, there's Anton first Batmobile. Oh, there's the Tumblr. It's you know, like <laughs> it's Batman and Chaps. It's 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 different. It's good. But <laughs> I don't I don't think it's it's up there. <laughs> you know, you know why? The Joker has finally chapped his hide. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, and that's another thing. It's like, oh, it's oh, Jack man. Napier. So like, you know, like it almost feels like it's a Batman fan story. And you know, good mm. good for Sean Murphy for making all that money, man. I, I had no idea. I knew White Knight was successful. I did not know it reached that level of success. Yeah, I think I, I like White Knight. I, I think it's a little overrated, in in my personal opinion, because of those things, you know. But I love the art and dude, McFarlane Toys put out a sweet version of that Batman, like and off I, the page. I like the. I know you can order that one off of, like off of like Amazon or something. But for me, I like the store hunt. I agree. So I'm I'm waiting to get, and also I can pick like the the one that's in the best package. Because Amazon's not always the most reliable on getting 100%. you something in pristine condition. Well, you gotta, you gotta open those things, dude. Yeah, so the package doesn't matter. Uh, but I, I do like the thrill of the hunt of going to you know Target and Walmart, whatever. So I'm looking and I'm gonna get that Batman and that Joker, especially because Joker you can switch his head. What? Really? That's cool. that's awesome. Yeah. Shout out to Frank Lorenzis, best toy collector I know. Oh, dude, I'm always getting, I'm, I, I'm <laughs> always getting like info from him. I'm like, hey, man. Oh, dude, is this I, out? <laughs> I text Frank and I'm like, dude, I can't find this toy anywhere. If you if if you uh, if you see it, will you pick it up for me? Because he bought me my Val Kilmer Batman Forever Batman yeah. and shipped it to my house oh, nice. because I can't find. Like, is- for some reason, toy stores in the tri-state area are horrible. Target, you yeah. suck. <laughs> and <laughs> it's just like there's nothing out there. And I get now because of Corona. I understand why there's nothing out even before. It was just really slacking, especially now with all the McFarland stuff that I'm missing out on. No, I, I feel like anything McFarlane negative stuff. about Target. <laughs> the McFarlane stuff. Yeah, she, Garrett's wife's like, I'm gonna get you a pee. Uh, <laughs> she obviously but, doesn't uh, collect toys. <laughs> the the McFarlane. This is off the subject. Sorry, dude. That's right. McFarlane yeah, stuff it. seems to be better distributed because I've seen a lot of those things. Like compared to the the DC multiverse stuff from Mattel, yeah, man, we couldn't find nothing, dude. We still carry Kelly Robbins on the shelf at Target, but uh, like none of the newer stuff, you know, hardly made it except for that random like Joker, Poison Ivy, Batman that they it was kind of like seventy fifth anniversary. It was like a Batman eighty nine version, kind of. Anyways, but like ten dollars Shazams on the shelves, nothing yeah. more than that. But the McFarlane stuff has been pretty well stocked because I've seen everything. Yeah. From the Wonder Woman 84 stuff to, mm-hmm. you know. The two new Arkham, the Batman Joker Arkham toys. And then now yeah. I've seen a ton of the, uh, like, John Stewart Green Lantern. Yeah. So I think that's pretty cool. I don't yeah. like that figure, though. I don't think that figure looks good, to be honest. Yeah, the animated stuff, I'm not a fan of. Yeah, I'd much rather get the DC is, collectibles ones. Yeah. The, I'm the glad he's getting some love, because John Stewart doesn't get enough love. So He does not. So, so, all right. Yeah. Thanks, Javi. Moving on to Brad Dade, he says, and I'm going to read his intro. So he said, I just started listening to your show, listen to your review of Batman Year 100 first, followed by the latest episode looking at Venom. Now I'm going back and binging all of your other episodes. Well, hey, thanks, Brad. Anyways, while discussing Venom, you had a brief look at the Legends of the Dark Knight series overall. For me, this is a great series to hand someone that might like Batman from the movies and wants to try comics for the first time. 
It is Batman at a basic level. You don't need 80 years of Bat history. You don't need to read 12 or more issues to get one story. You don't need to know a lot of his supporting cast or even the villains. It's simply Batman fighting for Gotham City. Yes, it's because it's an anthology series. Some stories are going to be better than others. But as someone that read the series as it came out and recently did a binge reread, it overall holds up very well for today's audience. Fully agree. May I recommend for a future episode a look at the Legends story Prey, issues 11 through 15. I Mm. first read it as it came out before the long Halloween came out for me. This was the sequel to year one. Anyways, once again, congrats on the podcast. I'll be binging it today while I clean my house. I know that's a high compliment. Hey, thanks, Brad. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so I think we gushed, first gushed on the last Q&A of Legends of the Dark Knight, and then also, yeah, in Venom about that title. That that freaking title was money. There is yeah. so many good, and like he even pointed out too, it's not a 12-issue series to where it can be overwhelming to dive in. It's like, no, you've got a three-issue one, a four-issue, and then a five-issue. And I think five might be the biggest, like this and Prey. And as for Prey specifically, I hope somebody chooses it because I love that story. Mm. Yeah, I mean, early yeah. on, it was one of the best Batman books out there. It was one of the new, like, what it came out like eighty something. That was like one of the first. Yeah, eighty nine. I think eighty nine came out on the heels of the movie. Like, and it's like you said, it's it, it, there's no maxi series, you know. So like, it it's th- three to five issues, and it's the stories are self contained, and they don't involve the, gr- the the greater lore of the DCU. It's just it's that story at that point, and it's just. It doesn't involve any other characters, and it's just it's great. Like I mean, I remember going back and recollecting it, and like Justin, like I'm sure you have these. Like remember, like the first Mm. issues were like pink and yellow, and like the covers, yeah, of the shaman, yeah, Yeah. the first. So they just said, "Why the different covers?" Yeah, yeah, it was so interesting. But um, it was such a breath of fresh air, you know. And even like now, like sometimes stories are just so long, and it's just. I don't mind one shots, you know, and it, it, and these aren't one shots, but like they're smaller stories and I appreciate that stuff. It just, let's get, let's get right down to it. You know, like a story like right now, like the Batman's grave, I feel like is so prolonged. I feel like instead of being a 12 issue series, it could have been cut down to like seven. And um, I think, you know, Legends of the Dark Knight had the right idea. Just let's, let's keep it short and simple. Yeah. I love Legends of the Dark Knight. Uh, one of my, fa- and you talked about this on the show, I believe. I think you talked about, um the blades it was yeah. the first him sale i don't know i forget who wrote it but man that was a, he was because he was going against the cavalier mm-hmm. um and there's this really Jamie- it's like Bat- batman's jealous of this guy and there's so many there's so many like cool parts i remember there's a part where he like apprehends the riddler and he's like drop the jewels before i relieve you of yours <laughs> he's got his like sword right up on his junk dude it's such a it's such a funny like i just remember that story you know because i was a young guy when i read it and it was just like this is hilarious but man the the especially the first couple of years of legend of the dark knight so much good stuff and they were getting like top tier talent on it um and then one of my other favorite stories is one called i think it was called faith and it was like this gang like there's a yeah. guy who almost dies and gets the crap beat out of him. And he, you know, feels inspired by Batman and they start like this Batman gang. And uh, anyways, Batman kind of sanctions them. And then he's like, oh, no, y'all are crazy. And he has to stop him. But it's good. And Just in, like, in faith, Leslie Tomskins finds out that Bruce Wayne is Batman. So like that was a cool little thing, you know, like it, yeah. it, there's so many, so many cool stuff. I remember. Oh, my God. I mean, Prey's great. Gothic's great. Venom's great. Um, oh, geez. I always forget to mention the, or I always forget 
there's a Joker Ra's al Ghul story, which is mm-hmm. awesome on there. But then I always like to mention. So yeah, you just said the th- the Two Face one is Matt Wagner and its faces, uh, obviously oh, yeah. Prey, uh, Venom. Um, I haven't read Faith. That's one I wanted to keep going to, and I keep kind of forgetting because all of yeah. them. The, I think the whole series is on DC Universe, so that's mm, worth the yep. subscription alone. But there's also Going Sane, which I think is not talked about much. In which basically uh, Joker seemingly kills Batman, and all of a sudden there's kind of no no use for him anymore. So I think it it really capitalizes on that the kind of the old adage of you know. Uh, Joker's Batman's biggest fan and without him like he's kind of got nothing so he kind of he goes sane uh and it's like an it's an interesting story it's not you know again it's like a three or four issue story it's just that's a good one too so yeah issue going one sane. to 200 whatever is also Ryan you'll love this but Legends of the Dark Knight issue number 38 is the legend of the Batmite <laughs> or the legend of the Darkmite as someone of you who loves Batmite, it's it's kind of like a play on um, what's yeah. it called? Oh, the it, story's like escaping me, but uh, like you, you'll love it because I know you love Batmite, so it's definitely something. That, and it's written by Alan Grant, so like it's yeah. a top notch story. Yeah, it was it was really cool. Like for you know for a while they were like we we're only in the old days of Batman, and then then it became then it kind of jumped in the crossover. There was one issue where it jumped into a weird storyline that was like where they started to bring like the Tim Burton look of Gotham into the story Ooh. into like the comics. And there was a guy who was like blowing up buildings and stuff to re- reveal like the original architecture and even the covers. I think they are from Anton first and they just drew like Batman's on it. But anyways, I, I remember that was one that like kind of jumped out, but then like once nightfall hit, they just kind of like brought dark, the legends of the dark Knight into like regular continuity. There wasn't a lot of like they didn't go back and forth as much. So, yeah, they had to do that like intercompany crossover. Yeah, they would start bringing them in, but but and in the no Robin, there was no Robin for the longest time until issue fifty. They hinted at it. It was like, it was like the first time the Joker was in it. Mm-hmm. So man, yeah, you're you're my memories are flooding right now. I'm like, oh my gosh, I remember like when they they would do that. So it was such a it was such a cool book. Also, it, it got us uh, Tim Sale and Jeff Loeb for yep. the Halloween specials and then the long oh, Halloween. Oh, yeah. And then also, how can I not mention starting with issue 207, Darker Than Death? I am going to preach that story over and over until I die because I think that is a story that is never talked about. It is a it is a murder mystery. Uh, a and the art is painted. And yeah, it's, it's just like, uh, it's a really good, it's just a really good story. And there's no, I think he does some hopping around and there's some like B list or even C list Batman villains. There's no Joker, Riddler, Scarecrow or anything, but it's a murder mystery. And it's just, the look of it is great. The story is really good. So that one always, I always go highly recommended for that one too. That was, that story came out around begins time. And that's when I started getting back into comics. So mm. that was my first real jump into Legends of the Dark Knight, and I've I've recently like over the years I've retroactively collected the the entire run, but that was that was one of the first stories I've read that you know, I, got me back into comics around 05. and wow. I have, I, I, yeah, I have an appreciation yeah. for that story. So I, you know, I'm, I'm we're on the same level there. Yeah. Yes, sir. So good, good, good question, Brad. Now we're all going to go read Legends. Yeah, of the Dark I'm, Knight. I'm like going to bring <laughs> up my uh, my DC universe and like just 
scroll through those books, man. All right, next one is from Nicholas Zednik. Now he may sound that familiar. Guy. Hey, that's my guy. That's a that's a fellow let's goer right there. That's that a guy. that's a he's a he's a gotta go. But <laughs> he may sound familiar more so to our bat brother Garrett Grev because he is Garrett's number one fan. He loves Garrett Grev. Garrett Grev does some good work for Nick. But who doesn't? Nick says, "Hey, Batman Book Club, I'm back." Yeah, <laughs> he said that. Love that guy. If Warner <laughs> Brothers calls you up with the option to A, write your own Batman comic series with your favorite writer, or B, write a Batman script for a film to be directed by your favorite director, what do you choose and why? Keep up the great work. Hope you're all staying safe and well. Thank you, Nick. Hmm. That's a good question. I'm going to let you guys choose who goes first. Uh, I'll go because I, I, I've i always wanted um, a more definitive Live act. I would. I pick the the screenplay in the movie because I w- always wanted a more um, definitive interpretation of Robin on screen. While Batman Forever, you know, rest in peace, Joel, and it just celebrated its twenty fifth. And I, I do appreciate that movie for what it was. It always irks me that it's Two Face who kills the Graysons instead of you know Zuko and stuff like that. And yeah, I've always wanted something maybe, and because we mentioned the Mad Hatter earlier, something a bit more akin to Robin Year One. Um, that's, that's kind of what I, where I would go with it. Cause I feel like it, it kind of, I would take inspiration from like taken and stuff like that, as opposed to like a child trafficking ring and, and, uh, the Mad Hatter would be involved in that. And as for director, I mean, oh man, who would I, I don't know. Who would I want to direct a Batman movie? Zack Snyder. He already did. Uh, he did. He's, in fact, he's going to do, he's already done like three of them. Um, <laughs> so I'm trying to think, and, uh, I, I do like Zack Snyder films. So before you guys attack me on Twitter for that, um, oh, wow. That's a tough hey, one. I, do too. I don't know. I went on a rant on your guys straight out of Gotham show and how I, it's funny because like, <laughs> I like pretty much all of his movies. So yeah. anyway, no, it's the truth. It's funny. Cause like most of my favorite directors come from Batman. Like I love Tim Burton because I was introduced to Tim Burton through Batman. So like th- Batman is kind of like my tunnel through the world. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah. Oh man, I don't know who I would want. I mean, who could direct like this? Gr- I mean, I don't know. I got it. Fuqua. I don't know. Like I- I'll throw a director out there, but oh, I, I don't know one. if he would love to do it. Can I go next? Justin, can I sure. go next, please? Oh yeah, yeah please go. Please. Oh, thank please. goodness. Okay. I love the, <laughs> I love the show. There are no no limits in comics. You can do whatever you want in comics. Yep. Yeah. So that would be extremely tempting. But I think I would go for a movie because nothing is like a good Batman movie for me. And I would think I may have said this something like this before. It'll never happen. But like David Fincher Riddler Batman story with like the Ooh. in the style of the oh, game. Gosh, yeah. yeah. Because the game is a brilliant That's... movie that tells you basically yeah, like dude. the movie, I'm not gonna ruin it, but it's kinda like it's telling you all along what's happening. It tells you what the movie what's gonna happen in the movie in a sense. And it gets you to just question the whole freaking thing. And then by the end it's kinda like, Well, why are you surprised? Like we told you what it was. And I'm like, Man, this is such a like Riddler kind of mind screwing, you know? And I think mm-hmm. Fincher, he's got like the look of seven with like the game kind of Riddler story. I'm like, man, that is a movie that I would love to see. Venture yeah. would have to be limited to keep it PG 13. <laughs> but yeah, I think that would be sweet. Man. 
I mean, well, I've always wanted that like Ben Affleck Bat movie, Batman movie that was like the town, you know, that gritty, like when I see yeah. the town, I can see yes. like I can see his Batman movie in there, you know? And it's very all similar. Turd. You're all taking all the things. That <laughs> Yeah, you got what, you got whatever's left. Whatever's yeah, left. Yeah, no, I was. It's so funny. I'm I'm laughing because you're saying, you know, David Fincher, and I'm like, dude, that's what I was gonna bring up. And you're like, the game. I was like, well, with Michael Douglas, <laughs> I was thinking that would be he would be such a great take. I think people have been saying David Fincher for a long time, even when they were doing, uh, you know, Batman Begins. Someone, I mean, there was like things going around. They're saying, oh, he's gonna, they're gonna do this like really cool Bleach bypass on the film kind of like david fincher did in seven and stuff stuff like that you know um but i'm just thinking if i'm gonna do a film i and that's what i pick is is movies because you know i I want people to be exposed to them you know the the biggest way you know take inspiration maybe from comics and then go to film um i'm I'm more pete is I, i want there to be like the best adapt you know adaptation of the source material and I'm of the mind of like, hey, we're the fans. We're the ones that, you know, get it and who are going to be excited when it, things are done in the right way. And, you know, everyone else like, you know, the general audience kind of rule never makes sense to me. Like, yeah, Two-Face will kill Robin's parents. Like, w- would they know regardless <laughs> if it was Two-Face or if it was, you know, Tony Zuko, you know? Mm-hmm. So anyways, uh, I-, I would want to be more like, let's be as um faithful as possible we can do stuff that's original but like with with batman it's really important to you know balance character and balance like giant action you have to have the giant action beats or else it's just you know a guy you know skulking around at nighttime um i really like if i'm gonna go you know modern action directors i'm just thinking freaking uh macquarie like i would love for him to do superman but like this is a batman show and so i think he would do he'd probably be an excellent like you know, Batman director, because he can do high action and it's creative and, you know, it's on par with like some of the crazy stuff Nolan did, you know, in the, in the, in those films. So uh, I think McCory would be my, my, so if I can't have Fincher, if I can't have like the <laughs> creepy detective story guy, I want to go big action. And so there you go. Yeah. He, may, and he does, he does good action, which I think most of it is practical. If I'm not mistaken, I think he does which practical to me, do as much practical as you can. And yeah. also he just makes he makes smart movies. So yeah, it's exactly. kind of like, yeah, I would not. I, I too, I mean, think I'm in the camp of if he could do Superman, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Uh, if he can't do that and he can do Batman. Awesome. But in the end, whatever movie he can do, I'm I'm like, OK, cool. Yeah, Just let Sounds him walk into the library and pick a character. Yeah. 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 Let's do you guys down for one more. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. All right. Last question. This is uh this is from Chance. Chance, Chance likes us because he wants to write in again. All right. This one's kind of lengthy, but I'm going to try and just get get to the uh, get to the question itself. And he Chance says, "Hello there. How are you doing today?" That's the question. So I'm doing pretty good. Chance, thanks. Uh, just curious on something. There have been a lot of multi-part issues with Tom King's main title, Batman. Also into James Tynan's Batman run. And with the upcoming Joker War story arc slash event, which is going to have multiple tie-ins from different books, just wonder if you have a preference. Let me rephrase. Would you prefer multi-part, long-issue story arcs going forward in the main Batman comics, or would you like to see more of single-issue, self-contained stories that don't need tie-ins or crossovers? He says, don't get me wrong, there's some massive, long, many-issue runs to a Batman story that are some that I do really like, such as No Man's Land, Dark Victory, Long Halloween, and 
and some others, but sometimes you just want some contained stories. So basically, do you like the the crossover long story events or a single kind of one and done? I like them when they're they're few and far between. I like it when there's distance. I feel like right now there's too many of them. But I, you know, I think we all agree like we kind of prefer like the dark, uh, the Legends of the Dark Knight model, where it's like mm-hmm. the story takes place within so many issues, and it's not like a year long epic that involves. You know, I like I don't want to go out and have to read like I don't know seventeen other books just to get like the full story. But that's yeah. just me. I know they got to sell their books, so like every once in a while, if they want to do that, that's fine because I I do love No Man's Land. I think it's fantastic, especially for what they did with the Penguin. But I don't need that stuff. Yeah. Um, man, I'm a, I'm of, I'm of two minds of the subject. (laughs) Uh, I love like the, the, the self-contained story. If it's, you know, it's good. I like the three parters. I love a good maxi series. If you do it well, if I start getting tired in the middle of it, then you you failed. Um, it's helpful if you're going to do those ones, if you're double shipping, like if you're going to do the multiples, double ship that sucker because it's hard Mm -hmm. to stick with something for a year you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. so i think that's why the crossover into like okay we're gonna throw it in the detective and robin and nightwing and all this other stuff like think that's when it works um but it better it it better not be lame um (laughs) i did i did an episode with um everyone loves a drake and we were talking about uh, the precursor to infinite crisis and there was like a tie-in to the robin books it was absolute trash how did we get stuck? Yeah, trash dudes. How did we get stuck with these books? And then, like, if you're going to do a crossover, make it count. And most so, most of them are trash. Yeah, to be honest, this was. But like with Nightfall, it wasn't. They were there. The times are good, and you were invested. But because you had Chuck Dixon like pulling the strings, like that dude, he he he's a great writer, and he knows how to balance character and in and, and bring in things. You're like, oh shoot, that happened in in you know a, an old issue, and he brought it back. And he's just he's just a mastermind at that. And but um. I like all of it. That's my answer. It's a sucky answer because it doesn't pick a side, but it just has to be crafted right, you know, because there's something cool about having a long story that that gives you threads. You know, I was a huge fan of the Tom King story. A lot of people didn't like it, but I was like loving every issue. It it, yeah. it drew me in because I liked what he was doing, but I'm down for the little one shot issue too. that. Like, you know, he does these he did these beautiful annual issues. Like sometimes annuals are trash. Every one of the Tom King annuals was incredible and it was an incredible story you know was it like wedding issues were horrible what's that yeah. the, like the wedding tie-in issues were horrible they were all about garbage every one of them but oh, they the, were, the wedding but they, the wedding tie-in issues those yeah. are those are, yeah those suck but those, because those, they those weren't written by tom king you know it's, it's somebody else just kind of picking up some kind of piece where he you know he left off yeah, and i reviewed they, those things they were oh they're, awful. Oh, they're horrible oh, they're <laughs> oh, so man. Bad. Like, oh man yeah i think for for me so if you're going to do multiple tie-ins, whatever, then I'm just going to wait till it's done so I can read yeah. it all in one sitting. Uh, no Man's Land is an overwhelming story to try to read. And I I don't really, it kind of, for me, it kind of jumps all over the place. And I, I don't see like a through line of this is the story it's telling. It's almost like dropping the pages in Gotham as everything's gone to hell. And then you just kind of meander for a long time. And I don't know, it's a, that one doesn't grab me, but I'm not scared of 12 issue stories that come out, you know, once a month uh, because it's telling one story and it's just a little bit more focused. And you, I think you'd mentioned nightfall uh, again, Ryan Haas, he likes to berate me because I have the, 
let's see, the first volume of that was one of the first trades that came out and it was only the Batman and detective issues. And I love that first volume. And he's like, you're not even, you're reading half the story to where now, you know, they've released like the volume one that's got all the tie-ins wrapped all over. And I'm like, nah, I like the, just strictly we're following Batman. Like that's just my preference. Uh, Drop in on, you know, like Robin or Batgirl. And I'm cool with that too. So there's just, it's hard for me to, to just strictly say, this is my answer because it's just in the end, it just depends on the story, but the, this upcoming Joker war. And if that's going to split out into all sorts of everything, I mean, I'm going to read Batman and detective. That's probably it. Yeah. Uh, and, and if I hear other stuff's good, then I'll check that out later when everything's collected. But do I like a long story? Like the long Halloween, you're damn right. I like a long story, like the long <laughs> Halloween. Uh, but when Denny, Paul Denny did the, the run in detective, that was just like, you know, almost like self-contained. Oh, stories. That. Yeah, that was that was refreshing. That was fun. Yeah. And I, and those were really good stories. It's also Paul Denny. So, of course. But that was like, that stood out too. But oh, if you're going to do Robin that. Issue, the Joker was so good. Yeah. So, if you're going to do that, then that's kind of got to be limited, I think. You could do something like one-offs for, I don't know, six to ten issues. But then get into, you know, a, a six-issue arc or something like that. Mix it up a little bit. And I think that'd be a little best of both worlds. One more thing, though, like, if you're going to do a maxi series, make sure that book comes out on time because yeah. like Doomsday Clock, yeah. I forgot what half that book was oh, about man. because it took so long for every issue to come out. Yeah, but so, I, like, but I, I lose interest. No, it's great if you can read it yeah. in one sitting, but like if you're buying it monthly, you're not, you're buying it once every four months. Like yeah. you're like, what, what happened last issue? I don't know. Like I'd have to, mm-hmm. I'd have to call Lauer and be like, I need you to tell me what happened. <laughs> I don't remember. It happened. And he's like, Hey, who is this? What happened here? And I'm like, that actually is, uh, excuse me. Like you, you detective comic, you Batman on film. You, you're not a nerd. (laughs) Um, uh, did you read, um, issue number five of doomsday clock? Go Um, back to reading shadow of the bat. (laughs) Oh, I love shadow of the bat. Guilty pleasure. Those nineties Batman comics, the, like each title, the first, the first twenty something are incredible. There's a Black Spider. I think it's issue six of Shadow of the Bat. I don't know why I know that. It's it's in that first twelve though, where where he he engages with him. Good stuff. I was gonna say, <laughs> I, I don't know why I know things that I do, but here you I don't go. know why it sticks there. I can't remember a lot of things. I'm like, oh yeah, that that issue, because um, it had those incredible covers, man. Oh gosh, dude, like I loved every one of them by Brian Stelfreeze. Those things were. That was a gold. I was gonna say, I, w- I was gonna say uh, this was a joke. And now it's not gonna land as well. But I thought it'd be really funny <laughs> if Tim I'll Sale get all this and we'll nail the joke. Okay, there we go. Tim Sale and Jeff Loeb come back for the short Halloween. Oh snap! <laughs> it's like a one shot. It's like a big. It's it's like a. It's set in now time though. It's like, but it's like Halloween night and it's all night long and it's like. Every issue, though, is it's like eight. It's like 12 hours of Halloween and Batman's like it's real time comic. Oh, my gosh. Speaking of like that holiday, did you ever read Lil Gotham? Oh, yeah. Oh, I love I read that to my kids. That was we get them every week. It was the digital book. What an adorable book. Gosh, I loved that book. That was I loved it. Yeah. If you don't know what we're talking about, they capitalized on like Halloween. I think Mm -hmm. every month it came out and it was based on on the holiday. uh, Holiday. Yeah. Yeah, Dustin so, Wynn, dude. 
Oh, no, I, so I knew good. he drew it. Um, I did not know. I did not read it, but um, yeah, it, it was. It was. It didn't seem like it was my thing. It's incredible for the artwork, but yeah, it was. It was a good thing. Like you know, the read of my boys at that time, mm-hmm. they were Ooh. they were they were here for it. So it was like ninety nine cents every week. I don't know if that's on DC Universe. I'll have to look that up. But Pete, mm-hmm. I think it might could. be. Pete, yeah. like DC Universe. Comics, well, it's over there, man. Oh, I'm, dude, I have such a backlog of comics. It's not even. Fun. Yeah, trading your thrill killer issues and just get a little Gotham, dude. There you go. <laughs> yeah. How about that? I might do that. <laughs> and even exchange. <laughs> of course. So that's where we're going to stop on the questions and we're going to yeah. stop on the answers. So that was a, thanks for the questions right in. Those are some, those are some good ones, especially yeah. my favorite. Hey, how you doing today? Thanks chance. <laughs> I appreciate that one. And you know what? Not do everybody well. asks. That was an not easy everybody one. asks. And I need, I needed that today. I needed yeah. it. It's fun. So any last words, any last comments? Do you guys have a, just a scenario to throw out or you just want to get out scenario. of scenario. What would happen if, <laughs> no, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Oh man. I just like, I always wondered what a Matt Reeves Batman movie would be like. Oh, uh, uh <laughs> keep dreaming. Yeah. I was wondering happened. what a Ben Affleck Batman movie would be oh, like, <laughs> but if we watch you know, was- enough of, of Snyder's movies on HBO max, they'll probably make it. Oh yeah. Obviously. <laughs> I don't think that's. I was wondering what a Michael Keaton, at, Michael Keaton at seventy Batman movie would be like. <laughs> so let's see what's going on. So before we head out, let's see, uh, Pete, Justin, thanks for joining me. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, Pete, Pete, you have anything to anything to plug outside of Seattle uh, and Gotham? No, just uh, follow me on social media at uh, Pete Illustrated on all platforms: Twitter, uh, Instagram, Vero. Follow uh, my podcast that I co-host with uh, Eric Holzman, the uh, the champion of Long Island. Uh, at <laughs> he's a good swimmer. I heard. Oh, yeah, he swims a lot. Oh, he dude, he does everything. Have you he swims the world? He, he holds. I don't know if you know this, but he holds the longest record for high school field goal for Ronkonkoma High School at sixty four yards. Like the guy, he's he's unbelievable. He might be Wait, was, Superman. Was that he's Tony Danza? That Tony Danza field goal Disney movie was that based on Eric Holzman? Yeah, that's his. Bi- so. that's, yeah, that actually, yeah, that's Eric's childhood. Wow, Hundred percent. Yeah. That and Rudy. Rudy's also based so, on Eric's so life too. Tony Danza <laughs> is Eric Holzman. Yeah, Eric's amazing. So yeah, just follow me at Pete Illustrated. Follow our show at Straight underscore O underscore G. Uh, all platforms: Instagram, Twitter, and uh, you know, just interact. Uh, you know, I'm ha- I'm always having fun, and I'm always creating somewhat of an argument on Twitter. So come yell at me. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Just Grundy Paul. alert. Grundy alert. And the <laughs> I just want to say two things first. Yes. I really love the Straight Outta Gotham podcast, and I really love the Batman Book Club podcast. Oh, thank Very you. fun. Thank you, sir. I think you guys are doing the Lord's work, and it's great stuff. <laughs> so, so speaking of awesome podcasts, you can listen to my podcast too. Uh, if you if you like comics uh, more than Batman, just everything kind of in the world of comics, from movies and TV and comic books. Uh, listen to the Let's Go Comic Show. Comes out every Friday. And I do that with my buddy, Matt Ritchie, and it's part of the Let's Go Podcast Network, located at www.letsgopodcast.com, where we do reviews for TV and movies and comics and everything. So if you're into that, uh, please check it out. I would love to to have you listen and have some fun. So, And, and I'm also, also on Twitter, at Jay underscore Rocka. Boom. When you, when you listen to Let's Go Comic Show, you can <laughs> smell them floppies. Oh, you can Ooh, smell You can floppy. smell it through your earphones, mm-hmm. your earbuds. Or your headphones, or your Apple Pods, AirPods—you can just smell it in the air. It's, it's delightful. Yankee Candle is coming out with a candle. 
called floppies. It's called floppies. It's called floppies. It's called floppies. <laughs> yeah. Lauer's crazy. They're going to sell out. They're going to sell out soon. So, oh my God. yeah, as for me, I have listened to every episode of Straight Outta Gotham, and those two boys are funny, funny fellas. I have listened to, sorry, not every episode of Let's Go, but I've listened to a lot of Let's Go. There's and that's only 145 <laughs> of them. Come on. I know. I need to clean my house, and I can binge, just like a, I think it was Brad <laughs> that said that. Um, yeah, he's like, I'm going to clean my house, all right. Yeah, and I'm binge the <laughs> Let's Go comic show. But if you want to expand outside of just Batman comics, like you guys you guys kind of cover it all. So that's that's uh, always a good time to listen to as well. And you dive into some other things too, like randomly a show just turned into a Batman movie ranking, which was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Just, I I mean, why not? Why not? (laughs) As for this show, if you don't already, please follow Batman book club on Twitter at the Batman BC, write in for questions and we will answer them much like this episode at the Batman BC at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Lauer underscore Ryan Lauer spelled like lower. Pete loves to randomly tweet that out. I do. And <laughs> and uh, once again, thanks for Pete for joining me. Thanks for Justin for joining me. Thanks for me for joining me. And hashtag <laughs> read more comics. <laughs>